This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. This podcast is Shareable. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard, commonly known as the world's most handsome strategist and professional speaker. I'm also a superhero. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single Shareable episode. And that's it. That's the intro. Short and sweet. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to Shareable. This is episode 127, and my guest today is Miranda Mitchell. Miranda Mitchell is a human design specialist, an energetic alignment coach who helps entrepreneurs energetically align so that they have a successful business with freedom and ease. There's a lot of overlap there with the sort of things that I'm interested in. I think we approach from a different angle, but I'm really curious to get into it. So Miranda, welcome to the show, and please fill in any gaps that I might have left out in introducing you properly. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Actually, you filled it all in. Um, I focus on the energetics, the subtle energetics of the person who they are authentically through different practices um, so that they can really create the business and the life that they truly want. So business and life go hand in hand, right? So a learning to connect the two and then releasing the two and also have different energies around them um, creates freedom and ease in life and business. So. Rockin'. So I want to set the stage and the context for the remainder of our conversation so that uh, the people listening have a sense of some of the terms that we're using here and what they mean. So, you know, you can walk into a room and say, hey, I, it, there's like an energy in this room or like, hey, I'm really like feeling like your energy is a little bit off today. Like you seem like you're kind of down. There's energy at the level of like talking on the metaphysical, like your chi and, and sort of like the meridians and the pathways through your body. So like a lot of these terms can be used in a lot of different ways. I want to be clear on how we're talking about it here. And then what I want to make sure that we do throughout this um, is regardless of whatever you choose, whichever whichever is the correct definition of it, I want to talk about it holistically so that the, if it is in like the sort of metaphysical sense, the people who aren't believers can get something out of this. And for those that are, um, if it is on the more practical way, the people are in the more metaphysical can also get value out of it. So when you say energy and you're talking about the energetics of the entrepreneur and the people, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, it actually, um, it can be both. And how, what I can say about this is I'm sure almost everyone has walked into a room that you felt or you've gone near a person or you've gone into a space that feels either heavy or it feels like there's some negativeness or there's just this feeling of uneasiness around some people or in a room. So I'm talking about that type of energy and the energy of who you are personally. And that, um, that goes into the human design. So when you learn about your energetics of who you are personally, you start to connect with what energy your vibration is at and also what energies you take in from other people. So it's both actually. And that's why I love um, what I do because I actually have been in yoga and doing that energy work for numerous years in my own healing. And then I came into human design and I realized that it's all encompassing. So whatever level or whatever you believe, there is still that energy that you do feel. Got it. Well, I a hundred percent, 
I, I really appreciate that you're kind of like creating that space for like all are welcome here in this conversation. So I'm a huge fan of like all of the, uh, the personality assessments and things like I've done the Enneagram, the Myers-Briggs, the DISC. And every time I learn something more about myself, whether you think about that's the vibration that I'm interacting with people at, or that's just how I'm coming across to them or like how how I occur to people and the feeling they get, whatever level that you're looking at that on, I think having a level of self-awareness and bringing that into your spaces and also being able to read spaces, there's always going to be a benefit to doing that. So um, I appreciate you creating the space for that. Can you talk a little bit about how you came into this? Because I can't imagine that um, as, you know, as, as a little person, as a child, you thought, you know, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to do energy alignment work with entrepreneurs. It's not exactly on most school curriculums. Most parents aren't kind of like saying, hey, this is the thing you should do. How did you get into this? Was this a path that was fairly linear? Was it squiggly? How'd you get into this kind of work? I would say it was all over the place. <laughs> um, and I was going to mention that as well. It's almost like an unraveling or as in yoga practices, they say that we peel off the layers of the onion. So everyone is at a different space and time in their life. Um, a lot of it does have to do with age. A lot of it does have to do with your story, um, your experiences in life, and then the beliefs that you do create about yourself in life. So when I was younger, I was, um, I'm the oldest of nine. I have um, I lived with six of them. Two of them live, two of my brothers and sisters live in New York, but we lived in this, uh, in Vermont down in the boondocks. We had no electricity, no water. My parents were off grid partially because they wanted to be, and they were hippies and partially because, um, we didn't have the finances. There were so many kids, you know? Um, so within this, I didn't have a lot of support as far as, um, energy or support as far as my mom or my dad, they were always giving their energy to my younger brothers and sisters. So, um, I didn't have any support in that way. And I ended up moving out when I was 14. So when I was 14, I was living with friends. I was partying a lot. I wasn't really aligned with who I was. I didn't know who I was. I was just trying to make it through. So my energy that there was so much more different than it is now. And I just wanted to bring that up because like I said, we're all at different spaces. So wherever you're at, it doesn't mean someone's further along than you. It doesn't mean that you have so far to go. It means that you're in that space because of that's where you are in this space. That's where your learning is supposed to be in that time. So really becoming aware of where you're at energetically and where you are personally can really help you create that movement into something different. So I did not create something different at that time. I was still going through those phases. Um, I didn't really slow down until my twenties when I had my kids and um, I was married and I was again, drawing the energy of the negative. My husband was abusive, very abusive for six uh, years and I had to plan for about a year to get out of that, um, that marriage with two of my boys. So I had to try to get out safely. And I'm bringing this up because it was about the age of 28. And that is actually for the astrology people. The age of 28 is when your Saturn return is. And that is usually when there's a huge shift in awareness. So it's either a negative or a positive, depending on where you're at in your life. So when I reflect back on that, I realize now that that was a time in my life that my energy shifted and I made the conscious choice in taking the hard step and getting out of that relationship with my two boys and raising my boys alone. I don't know how I did it. 
I don't know what made me do it. It just happened. Um, from there, I started doing a ton of inner work. I became very hard, disciplined. I had to be. I raised two boys on my own. You know, I had to be mom and dad. I was very strict, um, very hard, personal trainer, focused on strength all the time. And my energy was as far as it was almost repelling because I had someone make a comment to me that I was an ice princess. And I was like, oh, that's not really what I want to be. You know, I don't want to be like this ice cold person. Interesting um, comment for someone to make to another person. It's like a very, like contextually, I can see that, that there's a way to say that in the context where that's like playful, friendly jabs between people. And that could also be like an incredibly like overstepping of boundaries to say such a thing. Um, yeah. Thing that and, that you know, it actually hit me like in my gut. I was like, there was something there. As soon as he said it, I realized, oh, there is something here. Like I have built these walls up against me. I am cold. I'm very hard. I'm very restricted. I don't trust anybody. It's just me and my kids. I don't look up to anybody. It's just me. So from there, I went into yoga and then I wanted to work on vulnerability. So when I say work on vulnerability, let's say that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Because when you're raising two boys and you've been out on your own since you're 14, you're strong, you know, you can move through anything. And then to be able to open yourself up to vulnerability and to be messy and to cry and to like not know everything um, and let people open to hurt you, it, it was very scary, but it was the most rewarding thing because then I was able to open myself up and open up my energy to be more open, more vulnerable, share more empathy, care about people. I wasn't cold. I totally shifted again. So the reason I, like I said, is I'm moving through this is because you can see within the timeframes, the energies were totally different. So just noticing that as you either reflect or where you're at is a huge benefit to see where you're at in your progression and where you are as far as you're learning and integrating with who you are authentically. So there's a lot of things that stick out of that to me. So the, the first of which is that you mentioned the age of 28 being um, very uh, important. And then you kind of, you alluded to the, the astrological reasons why that could be on a more uh, like neurological side of things, uh, from what I've understood is that 25 years old is about when the human brain stops. It's kind of like early development process and you start to sort of uh, solidify into like who you are to a certain extent. Now you're building a lot of that prior to that. So interesting that 28 is also kind of one of those periods where like, okay, you've had a couple of years experience now in a different mindset and a different type of mindset development. And you're starting to kind of like really settle into the type of person that you are. But you also brought up a number of other things, externalities and traumas and different things that are kind of coming into your space. And even on your website and a lot of the copy you talk about, you talk about identity in the context of things like uh, the, the energy and, and sort of your, for lack of a better term, like your, your DNA of you, right? Like what makes you, you, throughout your body and your energy and all of those things, but also the, the things that happen to you in your life, the kind of like the nature and nurture debate of sorts, where like the things that happen to you help you to form and crystallize your identity. And throughout your story, you've got, you know, the externalities of, you, you've got sort of like the, the early traumas of childhood and, uh, you know, having uh, attention or not having attention, lots of siblings that competing for attention, going out and doing your own thing, 
Uh, and then, you know, having kids, you have the abuse of, you know, the relationship. So there's all of these different things that um, it, it definitely is no wonder that there's so many different phases for you because there's so many obstacles that you had to kind of overcome and realizations that you kind of blossomed into. So just from a, a like a purely materialistic worldview, um, you know, when you, when you stack all of those things on top of one another, it makes sense that a lot of people would have a very, very um, similar kind of experience hitting 28, but also that all of those experiences help to change how you're relating to the world, more stress, less stress, all that sort of stuff. Um, when did you start to, so, so going from yoga and fitness into this kind of energy work with entrepreneurs seems like a natural progression to where you are now, but there was, there's a, a chasm to cross where you went from being in the world of potentially leading yoga classes to working with entrepreneurs on their purpose and all of those sorts of things. Can you take us from that point over to like how you got into this as a profession, as work, as seeing that you had potentially either a gift, a skill, or just an interest in doing this sort of work? Yeah. Um, well, I did do a lot of yoga and I do incorporate meditation and yoga and um, things like that within my coaching because it's all about connection with your body as well. A lot of people that actually go into more, I guess you could say the spiritual or the energetics tend to lose connection with the body. And we are connected with the body and the mind and the subtle energies. So having that healthy balance of both is just as important. It's not like most of Western world, I would say most of it is focused right now on the physical body. A lot of it is the connection to spirituality that they're looking for. And then the people that are spiritual or connected with energy tend to lose their connection to their body. So, and I will be honest, that did happen to me for a while. I was all about the body, working out, fitness, yoga, asana practices. And then I got into meditation and pranayama and all of the um, energetic work with human design and learning the energies of the centers. And I totally lost track with my body because I felt like my body wasn't connected to me anymore. I went through a sickness, um, alopecia. So my hair started falling out. Um, so I felt like my body was didn't love me anymore. So I kind of like veered away from my body. And then I realized that I needed to have my body. I needed to be healthy to be able to live my purpose, to be able to help others, to be able to connect with others. So then having that balance between the two was a huge shift for me. Um, I just wanted to put that there as an awareness. Um, and then the shift for the human design, actually, I learned to follow my intuition. You know, um, I, six years ago, I made the decision to listen to my gut. And if it didn't sound right, I was going to do it anyway. And that was my connection with yoga. Yoga had given me the opportunity to kind of really listen to myself rather than externally to what society was saying. So I made the decision to follow my gut and to really follow wherever it led me. So as I did my yoga practice, it led me to coaching to get trained as a coach. Then from there, um, a, a friend of mine reached out to me and she was doing human design. And at first I was like, no, this isn't, it doesn't feel good to me yet. You know? And then a year later I read into it again and I jumped right in, you know, uh, I think it was because I wasn't prepared for it yet. I wasn't ready for it yet. And when I actually learned about the energies of human design, it was almost 
it just grounded me into like what I already knew, but I didn't know I knew. Like it's stuff that I, I knew inside my body and I felt as far as like my purpose. Like I felt like my struggles in life were for a reason that I was here to learn from them and to help others through struggles in life, to let them know that the experiences and the conditioning does not make you who you are. Um, I knew this, but I didn't know how I knew. And then when I got my human design reading chart, the channel of struggle actually is predominant in my chart. And that is my purpose in the chart. It says you are to choose your struggles, learn from your struggles, learn which struggles are for you, and then teach others on how to get through their struggles and teach others how to love themselves. So once I realized this, it all just grounded me into everything I already knew, but I didn't know I knew. <laughs> so you use the word purpose and I use the word purpose a lot in my work. I do a lot of work in brand. I do a lot of work in um, really just trying to deconstruct and reconstruct people's perspective on how much of how much control and how much say they have in working the way they want to work, living the way they want to live, making their own choices and kind of like breaking free from the shackles of any preconceived notions or constraints that they may have. Now, that's not to say that like you can do anything you want in life, but just that the more you are focused on what you are capable of doing and you question things, the more chances you have to actually design a life the way that you want, right? So you use the word purpose. And I want to ask you kind of your perspective on that word, um, because it, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. One of the things that I argue about the word purpose is people think purpose means reason. Like your purpose for doing it is your reason for doing it. I think purpose is something much deeper, something bigger. Um, I'm curious about your perspective on it. So one, I'd like to hear kind of how you define purpose. And then I'd like you to talk a little bit about whether you think that a purpose is something that is defined or it is something that is definable. Meaning, is it something that is sort of um, uh, deterministic in the sense that like it's there, you have a purpose, you need to discover it, or that purpose is a thing that you decide what it is and then you live into it. What's mm. your perspective on these things? Well, the first thing um, that came to me when you were talking about purpose, and I've been doing a lot of reading about this, is a lot of people think purpose is something that you do. It's something that you are in this life, and it's the reason that you're here to do things. Um, the way that I see purpose is purpose is something that you be. So it's not anything that you do. It's who you are. And by being aligned with what feels good for you, aligned with... Um, your conditioning and your deconditioning. And I can go a little bit into the chart with the open and defined centers and what that means, but it's a place of being so that when you are fully aligned in who you authentically are, you just exude your purpose. It's not something that you have to do. It's not something that you have to prove. It's something that you just be while you are aligned so that you can help. We're all here really to be of service to others to be in connection with others. That's what we're really all here for in some aspect. So who you choose to be is your purpose. That's how I see purpose. Got it. So how does that intersect with things like goals Very on a very practical level? So you be a certain way in this world and you look out into what you want your life to mean. So when you think about like, what's my life's purpose? What's my life goal? What am I trying to do while I'm here? You know, when you take it to the, the definition of sort of what you said, that's this is what people think purpose is. Okay, so if, if somebody thinks what their purpose is, is what they're here to do, and you're saying it's what they're here to be, then where do those two things intersect? If you have a goal to do a certain thing, 
but you're saying a purpose is a way that you're being, mm-hmm. what if those two things are in conflict or how do, how do they relate in, in the way that you see these things? So if they're thinking that they are here to do something, I would go, I'm all about reflection, all about self-study. You know, um, I truly believe that through the, the study of ourselves, we then, our vibration energetically gives off that vibration to those around us. So if you are sitting there thinking, okay, I am here to do this and you're focused on that, then ask yourself, what is it that I, why do I feel like I'm here to do this? What does this mean about me? If I do this, what will this give me? And so most likely, let's say I want to do this so that I can help others achieve greatness. Okay. So if you want to help others achieve greatness, why is that important to you? So then you go deeper into, okay, it's important to me. And then you keep going deeper until you feel the real reason of why you want to do this. Usually it's some belief. Usually it's something that you made up about yourself or an experience or a conditioning that happened when you were younger. Um, And then half the time, once they get deeper in there, they realize that they're doing this only because one, they're trying to prove something to themselves or to others. Maybe they're trying to um, heal themselves in some way. So they want to do that for others, but really knowing where it's coming from is the seed basically to what you can do and fully bring that into the fullest expression. So with the chart, would you mind if I go into a little bit of that? You can go into it, but keep in mind that people are listening. So if you go into any of it, you have to paint a very vivid picture of what people are seeing because they may be listening. Um, and if, if there's a chance that we may lose people who are listening in the description of it, just be mindful of that and try and keep it at the level of like, oh, they're maybe driving in their car or mowing their lawn or going for yeah. whatever it might be, uh, you know, the shareable listeners from for wherever they are listening from, just make sure that, that this is uh, an audio appropriate way of explaining it. Yeah. And I will, yeah, there's, um, let's just say there's nine centers in the chart. So there's different areas in the chart. I'll give you two examples. One is the head center and one is the G center, which is the heart space. Mm -hmm. So these centers can be either defined or open. And what that means is if they're defined, they're colored in. And if they're colored in, that means there's consistency. That means there's authenticity. That's part of who you are. And that is based on your place of birth, your time of birth, and your, let's see, place, time, and birth date. (laughs) Um, So it's where the planets align and that imprints you. Mm -hmm. And then the open centers are where there's variability. So what that means is you actually take in other people's energy around you and you amplify it and think it's yourself. So I'm going to just give you a brief example of an experience that's mine. So maybe you can understand a little bit. Mm -hmm. The G center I have open, that's the identity center. And what that means is when I was younger, I did not know who I was. I didn't feel like I knew who I was. I would morph into different people when I was around different people. And because of that, I questioned like, who am I? Why am I even here? Why, why do I act this way when I'm around someone? Why do I act different when I'm around this person? And because I then realized now it's open, I was taking in the other people's energy. So I was feeling their energy, thinking it was mine and thought it was mine and acted that way. So now that I know, okay, where my open and defined centers are, I know where I have consistency and my authenticity. 
And then I know where I take in other people's energy. And now I actually, and then you're going to love this. I actually think my open G is a superhero. So <laughs> um, it's my superpower because I can take in other people's identity and I can really feel who they are when I coach them because I can take in that energy. And then as soon as I'm done coaching them, I let it go. Got it. So I want to map this on for, for anybody who is thinking from the more materialistic standpoint and less on the spiritual side. And they're hearing like birth date and planet alignment and things like that. And they're going, eh, I don't know about that for me. I will say that if you look at it through a different lens, there's a book that I'm really, really huge on. I love it so much. It's called Pitch Anything. It's a book uh, about the art of pitching and sales in high stakes situations, things like that. And one of the things that he talks about in it is a concept that he calls neurofinance. It's understanding how the brain takes in information, how we, uh, how we respond to different stimuli when we're scared and uh, how we go through and actually get to the point where we can process things at a, at a higher level in our neocortex and things like that, right? So um, in the book, he talks about a concept known as frame control, and that's that in different situations, um, there's always two people's frames that are coming into collision, right? So you, you, know, you have the, inch, the, uh, the scenario where you, know, you walk into a billionaire's office and you're trying to sell him on a contract. Typically, then that person has the power in that situation. They're the dominant frame. They're a power frame, and you feel subservient. And whenever two frames come into collision, the more dominant frame wins. And it doesn't always mean the more powerful one. It just means the one that is stronger in that scenario. So if you have an analyst person who's always looking at all different things, if you can get them to be intrigued by something, tell them a story, that frame will dominate and overtake the analyst frame. Right. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. I'm paraphrasing as much as I can, but that essentially in a lot of those interactions that you we're having, it's possible in those situations, because you lacked a very strong conviction and sense of identity, that in those scenarios, those people who may have had a more grounded and um, strong personality that understood what they were, their frame was more dominant and therefore absorbed you into it and potentially put you in a, in a position where, you know, you were sort of like altering and being a part of their circle rather than the other way around. So however you look at it, all of these interactions between human beings are, are these complex um, situations of, you know, there's the belief of things that are happening energetically and at vibrations and a variety of other things. And then there's what's going on neuro neurochemically in your brain. There's, you know, past traumas that are coming back. There's all of these different things. So I always find it fascinating, the myriad of ways you can look at one particular scenario and break it down from like five or 10 different angles to see what's happening based upon how you see the world. So yeah, I, yeah really appreciate that story and, and, um, and how those two things uh, interacted. You mentioned something though about uh, purpose, and I wanted to ask you what you thought about. Um, so, so you talked about purpose, and it was sort of this thing that you're um, you have these various different energy centers, and and there's a like a purpose that you're kind of becoming to understand. You're doing the self examination and all those sorts of things to get to the root of like what is your purpose, right? Do you believe that that is a thing that is fixed once you discover it, or is it a constantly changing thing based upon where you are in your life? Can can somebody's purpose drastically change, um, or is it functionally going to be something that is kind of immutable? Um. I feel like it's immutable. Like it definitely can change with your, I'm sorry, it can, it can definitely change with your evolution. So depending on where you are in life, where you are, as far as your experiences, where you are, as far as your healing and your conditioning, if you're doing that self-study work and you're doing that work, um, it can change drastically because there are many people that never do the inner work. 
you know, and they're stuck only on the external material realm where there's people that really do connect with their inner world as well. And then although they're doing the same thing, the vibration can be different. The way that they reach out to their clients can be different. The way that they connect to their clients can be different. The vibration of their clients can be different. So you attract who you are. So depending where you're at, as far as your frequency and your energy, that's the client that you will attract. So it definitely can change with the energy of who you are. Yeah. And I completely buy the, you know, the idea that um, you attract people who, for lack of a better term, like vibe with you, right? Like, so, um, you know, I remember when, when um, my wife and I were like dating and early on and everything, and we started getting more serious. Um, her family was like, he has a kind face, right? Like I like the way he, like, I like his warmth when he shows up. Right. And that's the thing that like, you can't really explain on any other level than just like a feeling of somebody, how they occur to you, right. That there's something about the way that they show up in a space that is kind of unexplainable any other way than like, they just have a certain energy about them, a certain way about them, um, that works. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about purpose, and then I want to I want to talk to you about this other thing that I found while looking into you that I'm I'm curious your take on. But uh, kind of the the wrap up point I want to talk about on uh, purpose is um, you you mentioned in some of your work that you believe that part of your objective is to help people live and create at their highest potential. Mm-hmm. I have a similar view, like unlocking people's potential is one of my things. Like part of the reason why I share as many resources as I do and I try to help people grow and become superheroes is because I want to give them all the tools that they need to change the world. I want them to be able to make the world a better place, safer, kinder, more equitable, more loving, more caring, more compassionate, more empathetic. Like those are all things that I want to see more of in the world and less of this other nonsense that we're seeing. So (laughs) I'm all about unlocking people's potential so that they can have more success and more happiness. When you talk about helping people live at their highest potential, what does potential mean to you in this circumstance, in this, in this context of helping people live that? Where do you really focus your energy, for lack of a better term, in the work that you do with your clients? What's that highest potential you're helping them to try and unlock? Well, for me personally, um, it's actually doing the inner work of themselves, self-study of who they are. Uh, connecting with their, some of their conditioning, their experiences, letting those going go, be able to release those. I feel for their highest potential working on themselves is the priority rather than externally. I mean, of course it will be external because the vibration is external, but first and foremost, working on yourself. So taking some time for yourself, doing, um, I teach them like meditation, pranayama, different techniques to slow down, different techniques to reflect so that they take the times for themselves alone in their space rather than always externally giving their time and giving their space. So um, for me, what I help them first ground into is who they are, what feels good to them. If they don't feel good by themselves, if they're not comfortable by themselves, why is that? go into that, working on themselves first, then creating the potential because then they're, they know who they are. They're authentic. They're confident. They're grounded. They accept, they forgive themselves, you know, for all of the things that they've done. Like even in my past, in my, there's many things I had to forgive myself on and I'm still working on, you know, like can't believe I would ever do that to myself. So um, really working on themselves first so that then they can give to the highest potential. 
Because you can't give, like, you know, you can't give if a glass is half empty. You have to really fill that glass and then give. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I fully align with the idea that self-acceptance is one of the, the starting points. And, and I attribute a lot of um, my comfort in my work and my uh, ease in working with people to the fact that I'm very comfortable in who I am and why I do what I do and all of those sorts of things. I've done a lot of the, uh, the self-reflection and gotten really clear on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I think a lot of people fail to do that. And I, I believe that. I, I agree with you in the idea that the more clarity we can get on it, the more um, aligned we can, we can be with what we're doing and why we're doing it and how that makes us feel as people. Um, and, and I'm 100% behind that. So the self-acceptance is there. Also, you mentioned in a lot of, as I, as I looked over the work that you're doing, I looked in your different website copy and things, I see a lot of uh, patterns of similar language that I use in the work I'm doing. So you, you know, um, I have a, on my website, I have the superhero manifesto and it's, it's 10 different attributes of a superhero. So it's, you know, once you are comfortable in a skill that you have, whatever you embrace these kind of 10 values, and that's the pathway to being a superhero because it's about being in service of others and empathy and compassion and things like that. And you have like confidence and you have clarity and all of these things are words that, that I'm using in the work that I do. So I really appreciate that part of it. Um, so this actually leads to, I bring that up specifically because it leads to the big question I want to ask you. Um, when I looked into you and I saw the work that you were doing, you have this statement on your website and I want you to tell me what it means because I, <laughs> I, have, I have a good feeling about it. No, it's, it's not a gotcha. I feel like it's a good one. So you write, we are in this together and through connection, community, support, and love, we will do big things for humanity. Mm. What is... What are these big things that you want to see happen through this sort of work? You know, there's the idea that you could touch potentially millions of people. Let's say that this particular podcast episode is so popular that it touches millions of people around the world. And you want to very clearly and explicitly tell people what is the big thing you want to have happen from this. That's one option. The other option is you work with, call it 40, 50 people. 70 people, 100 people throughout the course of your career, right? That's a pretty busy coaching schedule. And you touch all of these people individually, and there's some sort of a domino effect of all of the work that you're doing with them that creates these big things for humanity. What's the big things for humanity that you want to see from the work you're doing? Uh, um, community is huge. Community is huge. A sense of community and growth together. So my big thing I would love to happen is through the study of the self and self-acceptance, forgiveness of the self, that um, you let yourself be vulnerable to open up to other people, connect with other people, collaborate with other people, uh, work on things to create a more sustainable life, more sustainability on the earth, more sustainability with love and the way that we live and through practice. So I believe wholeheartedly in consistency and practice and um, alignment isn't like you just align once and you're aligned forever. It doesn't happen that way. There's triggers and things come up. So it's all about consistency in your practice too. So within community, having that support and that love and that guidance and that inspiration to really continue to step up, to continue to keep doing the work, even if you don't want to do the work, to continue to practice, even though you don't want to practice or you feel lazy that day, you know, to know that you're not in this alone, that you, it's the little steps that make the big things happen. So with community and collaboration, that's how the big thing can happen. And that's all through love, you know, all through love and connection. Yeah. 
No, I dig it. I, I love that. And again, like the whole, uh, the whole superhero Institute, you know, the, the whole purpose of all of that is to build a kinder, better, more empathetic and more equitable world. Um, and, and I think in the course of this episode, you, I think you've hit on almost all 10 of the, uh, of the superhero code. I think the one <laughs> we haven't, the two that we haven't talked about actually are, uh, self-sacrifice and courage, but I feel like they're implied in a lot of the things that we've talked about. Mm, yes. Well, courage. Yeah. You know, Courage is huge as far as um, forgiveness as well and acceptance because you create these beliefs about yourselves. You create these limitations on yourself that you think that you can't do these things. So courage to step out into the unknown, that is one of my favorite things. Like if things make me uncomfortable, then I know it's what I need to do. (laughs) Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about um, just as a, a point that I think is good for us to wrap up on is this work that you do with entrepreneurs and why you're actually interested in working with the entrepreneurs. I think I know the answer, but as an entrepreneur, I just can't help myself, but, but learn why you're interested in working with types like us. And what do you see in entrepreneurs that, um, that makes them an attractive client for you? But is there something about entrepreneurs that's unique or is it something that's found in everyone just entrepreneurs maybe do it a little bit differently. Like what, like what is the thing about entrepreneurs for you that makes them uh, an interesting client for you to work with, or, or maybe a more receptive client or maybe a more challenging client? Like what, what is it about it for you? Well, entrepreneurs definitely um, are able to step out of the box. I love working with people that are afraid and will do it anyway. You know, I love working. I love pushing people to just outside that box of comfort zone so that they continue to expand. And I just feel like with entrepreneurs, they've already established that they've already established, first of all, a belief they're stepping into something that they don't, it's basically all on them, you know, and their connection, collaboration in themselves. So I love that they're already starting the work there. And then to be able to continue to push them or help them step out into something even bigger. I don't think, I do feel like everyone can do that at some point. I really do. But I feel like entrepreneurs are already starting that point. So I love to help them expand at a faster rate. Solid. I love it. All right. Before I let you talk about what you're doing and, uh, and you know, promoting yourself and talking about where people can learn more about you, the work that you do and everything. Uh, final question I want to ask you is uh, to create a, a kind of a key takeaway for people today. So, you know, there are those listening to this episode, they're getting a variety of different things out of it. And maybe they're looking for like a key takeaway, something that they can tangibly go and do. So if you were to recommend for all of the entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs listening, all of the people that are thinking about the conversation we had and examining it from different angles, What's one thing that everybody could step away from this episode today, go and do and have it measurably or, or subjectively improve their experience here in a way that helps them to unlock their potential or lead a more purpose-driven, better life? Like what's one thing that they could go and do as a tangible, deliverable takeaway sort of thing that they could go and do? Well, basic, you can start with taking a moment to sit back and asking yourself, am I comfortable in my space? And if I'm comfortable in my space, what am I not doing? So what can I do to step out to expand at a deeper level? That's the first and easiest thing that you can do in like a minute. Love it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, Miranda, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today on Shareable. And I want to give you a moment in the show, like I give all of my guests to just be unabashedly self-promotional. Talk about the things that you're working on, where people can go and learn more about you, where they can connect with you on social media, how they can contact you, all of the different things. This part of the show is completely yours. So feel free to take it and talk about anything it is that you really want to talk about it, even if you just want to sing a song. Oh, no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> um if any of this resonates with you or if any of the energy alignment align connects with you or you just something triggered you, take a look at my website. It's Miranda-Mitchell.com. Um, there's a free chart that you can get there. You just click on that, get my chart, enter your information. So that's your birthday, your birth time and your birthplace. And I will run the chart for you. And it's just, even if you're not 100% into the energy and alignment as far as the centers, it's nice to know where some of the energy is consistent. So you'll have at least a little takeaway with the chart. So that chart is free and I do that with my own hands and run it myself and I'll send that to you. Um, and if anything else connected, just uh, I love for you to just connect with community. Think how you can work with someone, collaboration, connection, step into a bigger vision for yourself and others. Love it. And I'll put that along with some of the information I, I got from you earlier in the show notes. So people have a very easy way to, uh, to connect with you, whatever podcast app you're listening in right now, you should be able to swipe through to the show notes and click right through and connect with Miranda uh, or me or, you know, to, to subscribe or whatever. It's, it's all there in the show notes. I do a very good job of putting together very good show notes, I think. Um, well, it's been a, a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I think you're a really great guest. Uh, I think this episode was super uh, interesting. I think, you know, there's a lot of different uh, takeaways from this, a lot of different ways to, to see the world and that can help you live a more purpose-driven life and make the world a better place. So I guess based upon that, I guess I could only describe this episode as shareable. <laughs>